Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about the marathon, Cornwall, and we have part two of our interview with Andy Fanot from St Francis Hospice. Welcome one and all to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined today by two blo- blokes. One of them keeps making fun of my hair. <laughs> and one of them is a member of the five o'clock, six o'clock club. Um, it's uh, Chris, that's me, and it's Russell. And I admire Russell's commitment to early mornings. What's the earliest you've been up this week, Russ? Uh, half three. Half three. That's half three. That's not a morning. That's half through the night, isn't it? No, half three is is a good time to get up. You get a lot done at half three. What? Because nobody else is around you. When nobody's about and it's quiet. Right. Okay. I thought you'd gotten to that age where you need to get up halfway through the night and go for a wee. No, I know you've got. You have got to that age, right? Haven't you? I don't go for a wee at half three in the morning, but. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't specifically get up to wee in the night. Ah, oh, right. Okay. You sure? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, okay. How about you, Charlotte? Um, well, not really. Right. I don't really, you... I don't really have to wake up to use the toilet. You know what? I, I, this is the thing. I'm not a big advocate. You know, they talk about like, like there's loads of books and stuff like that out there about um, getting up early and getting the day done and stuff like that. I, I've, I'm not a big subscriber to that early morning stuff. But actually, the more there's a point to it, though. So I, I agree. I agree. I know. I know you were saying the other day when, when you're in the office. Everybody wants something from you, but at five in the morning, nobody else is there. Yeah, I know. Nobody I know. else but, is asking you anything. But I think there's a million ways that you can manage your time that doesn't involve getting up super early. Do you know I, what I, I mean? I, if you, I just find it works for me. It don't yeah. work for everybody, but it works for me. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. It's, uh, but I mean, I, I suppose the other big thing for me is. You're right, right? Carving out that time in your day so that nobody disturbs you is key, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then you can do, but I, I don't, I don't see that having to be at five o'clock in the morning. I tell you the challenge that I'm facing at the minute. I, I always, I always leave sort of going like training to the end of the day, and I'm, I'm genuinely more likely to put it off if I train at night. Because I go, oh, it's too that late. That's the trouble I have with the kids. Yeah, yeah. But if I do it in the morning, it's probably going to be it's probably going to be a bit easier. But yeah, all good. I am seeing people running today. Um, I think it was mentioned earlier on. Uh, I am uh, off to see the London Marathon, which I'm really excited about because um, this is the first time I've been to the London Marathon and haven't been running it. Good, good. I'm really is that it? Is that is that? I'm is really but are you going to be a little, a little sort of? I wish I was running once you get there. No, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know whether it'll inspire me, or I will see people really feeling the pain and going that 
like a year and a bit ago that was me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm not writing it off doing another one completely because if New York came up. I'd, I'd go to New York and do it. Can, um, you, can you enter or do you have to be invited? Well, the time I run the marathon, mate, I'm never going to be invited unless they uh, unless they want that they they do a marathon well, that, the, the slowest runners ever. Same thing about the Boston marathon we was watching the other day. It said you had to be invited to that one. I think the Boston marathon is different. I think the New York marathon they have. About fifty thousand people, so it's a bit more open. Um, so I, I wouldn't, and you can like, there's a tourist package you can buy where you get a week away flights and entry into the marathon. So that might be one to consider. I'm doing a couple of runs this year, booked in, but the maximum's ten miles. So oh, uh, I'm not. Huh? They're short ones. Sh- short ten miles ain't short. <laughs> The look of the well the compared to is. compared to twenty six point whatever it is right yeah quite short, yeah ten miles is the kind of distance people go a bit long isn't it why don't we get in the car like that's not short uh, well I'm um, I mean so ten miles is probably I don't know I don't know whether I want to be running any longer than half marathon at the minute so ten miles is. Yeah, decent. The other one I'm doing is a 10k, so that's only a six miler, um, and you can do that. You can do that in an hour and just like, I mean, the reason that I do it, chaps. I say sure, I'm definitely rather you do it than me. Well, maybe we should do a kindness project half marathon. Oh, uh, we're not going to. What? No, that's a definite no, no. Charlotte. I'd get 10k and fall flat on my face. Right, you but two. I'll be, you about, need to have faith in you. I'll be about nine k behind her. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Right. I tell you what we do. I tell you what we do. We get a shopping trolley. Right. If one of you gets tired, <laughs> we bang you in the shopping trolley. Why shopping trolley? Why not a wheelchair? Because neither of you are disabled, and that would be a bit of an insult. But. With a shopping trolley, you've got to climb in, you've got to stop. You ain't going to get good time, are you? I'm not worried about time if I'm doing it with you too, am I? Let's be honest. With a wheelchair, you can just scoop us up as we're going along. Scoop you up as you're going along? (laughs) How about about we meet in the middle, wheelbarrow? Wheelbarrow works. Wheelbarrow. How do you know? I'm bringing a wheelbarrow up when I'm not pushing the wheelbarrow. I can't do it. Sorry, where's your wheelbarrow pushing experience come from, Charlotte? Uh, sorry, with a wheelbarrow, you have to have even, 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 uh, oh, <laughs> distribution of the weight. And a person right. just not even distribution, are they? Right. So no, if no. you're leaning one way, then you're more likely to okay. sit that way. Okay, let's, let's go the other way. Skateboard, <laughs> and then we pull you. No, skateboard's no good. All right. Um, uh, car? Car works. That mitigates the entire point because someone would have to be driving. No, you pull. You can pull the car. Me and Brad's can sit in it, Charlotte, and you can, like world's strongest man, you can pull it. That's to be a car with a trailer, though, doesn't it? What do you mean? You have to have a trailer one. 
Well, you're going to keep your snacks as she's pulling us along. Oh, yeah, fair enough. We need a trailer as well, Charlotte, that you've got to pull for the snacks. We need space for the snacks. We... Why if, if I get angry with the momentum? Exactly. With you. Exactly. No, we need an entire trailer for Russell's snacks. That's what we need. <laughs> we, Russell needs his own. If Russell is driving in a car for the entire 10 miles, he needs a snack trailer in case it gets peckish. What's in your, what's, what's in your snack trailer, Russ? I don't, I don't need much snack now. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't need many. Mini snacks now. It'll be an empty trailer. So you're making Charlotte pull an empty trailer just for a gag about snacks? It wasn't a gag. I'm being serious. We need snacks. You need drinks and... What what are you putting in the snack trailer, Russ? I'm putting drinks and... What drinks? What are you having? Maybe some crisps. (laughs) Some crisps. Now... I go back to Charlotte's original comment. Why couldn't you put them in the car with you? Yeah, but that causes clutter, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't yeah, have clutter, Put it in the back of the car. Uh, are we doing this, then? No! You, it, it, we, we seem quite serious about doing this now. Oh, no, no, we're definitely not doing it. Kindness Project. We'll start oh. at a 10K. We'll start no, at a 10K. That's far too high Definitely to not happening. All right, fair enough. All right. Um, uh, what, what else is happening, ladies and gents? Uh, yeah, go on, Charlotte. No, I didn't have anything to say. Oh. Nothing. nothing. Can I remind you about the uh, dynamics of a podcast? I'm, I'm, not, I'm looking at my next holiday. Oh, go on. Well, uh, Kenny's mum and dad mentioned going down to Devon in their camper van. And I've always wanted to see the Eden Project. Yes, yeah. it's, it's they've, amazing. They've got a tropical house there where they keep the reptiles. Yeah, been and, in it. It's very good. I want to go and can't see it. That's Cornwall, though, Rats. Yeah, that way. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm you're thinking uh, about going down to Cornwall. So I'm, I'm thinking about doing that this year. Yeah, the Eden Project is definitely, definitely, definitely worth a visit. I, I absolutely love it down there. And the beaches in Cornwall. If you if you get the weather in Cornwall, there's no better place in the world. Do you remember yeah. when we did? We, we went a couple of years ago during, I think it was during one of those gaps, 2021, between lockdowns. Mm, yeah. um, I and, remember um, you had an house, didn't you? Uh, it was my mate's place, so yeah. he... he my mate bought a holiday home down there and uh, actually we need to get in touch with Joe because I wouldn't mind doing that again. Um, but um, he, uh, yeah, so it was in Perrinpulf. So Perrinpulf is on the uh, Cornwich coast and we got some sort of bodyboards and literally we spent, so we got these bodyboards, went out to, um, when one day, I mean, we did and Ives and we did the Tate we did um, loads of really good stuff. One thing I did want to mention on the podcast, Sophie and I were over Stratford the other day, Russ um, and they've built a brand new Victoria and Albert Museum over over, um, it's called V&A That wasn't with Sophie, that was with me Oh yeah, of course it was 
Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Charlotte. It was while you were down looking after me, wasn't it? That's an unbelievable um, mistake, isn't it? <laughs> when, once you've had more than one, they all merge into one, to be honest with <laughs> us. It's, it, it gets a bit confusing. Um, so they've, uh, built a, they've built a new one over there, then? Yeah. And it, I mean, architecturally, was Charlotte, it, what did you think? It was a cool building. It was, wasn't it? At the Victoria and Albert, we went to do that humping. Yeah, when we did the adventure challenge, uh, going no, around the, yeah. So, but they've they've built one uh, east now, and when that opens, I'll be taking either Charlotte or Sophie or a combination of the two, or maybe I'll get confused and take the wrong one. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, about, I mean, whereabouts in Stratford is it? It's uh, on the Olympic Park. Oh, yeah. So you walk into the Olympic Park and it's... Um, you... no, it's more Leightonstone than Stratford, isn't it? No, no, it's it's the Stratford side. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's, de- it's definitely worth a visit. But, um, so, yeah, we did, like, when we went to Cornwall Arts, and I've been called, we've been called, I think I've been Cornwall now three or four times, we did, um, we did uh, the St Ives, we did uh, the, do you remember that freezing cold swimming pool, Charlotte, that Lido that we went into? Um, we did we did that. Uh, we did loads of loads of different stuff. Um, and then uh, but we one day we just got bodyboards and just went out to sea and we like sort of just jumping up and down on the bodyboards oh, well, time was, flew. I was writing a list of things I like doing and they never do now. Yeah. That was yesterday. And, and what sea, was on the list? Sea swimming is one of them things I love to get in the sea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so definitely, I mean, get a bodyboard, right? Just go jumping in the sea. It's, I'm, I'm it's, not bothered about a bodyboard. I like to swim in the sea. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth giving a go. So certainly uh, Cornwall is definitely recommended. And on that note, should we move on to another episode of... I miss news. Now I am feeding for you at the minute, Charlotte, because okay. clearly you are um, you are on the bottom part of yeah. the old flu curve, and yet you've still turned up to record the podcast. Thank you for that. Um, uh, do you want to do the first kindness news for me? Yeah, I'll do it. Rockdale's Army of Kindness and Penny Appeal host Iftar event. The Army of Kindness and Penny Appeal partnered to host the Rochdale Iftar for over 200 people on the evening of Sunday 16th, the Sunday the 16th of April. An, if, an Iftar is the evening meal after break, breaking the day's fast during the holy month of Ramadan. The event aimed at feeding the homeless, refugees from Syria, Iraq, Somali, Somalia, Sri Lanka, Palestine, Ukraine and many more took place at St Andrew's Methodist Church on Ed. Entwiles Rose Road and was a resounding success. Mohammed Shiraz, spokesperson for the Army of Kindness, said, We are delighted to have partnered with Penny Appeal to launch the Rochdale Iftar. It was an amazing evening where we came together to share in the spirit, spirit of kindness and generosity. Penny Appeal is a fantastic charity that shares our values and it was an honour to work alongside them to make a difference in our community. The CEO of Penny Appeal said, we are thrilled to have partnered with the Army of Kindness to launch the Rockdale Iftar. Yeah. Oh, okay, that was it. I, I, you know what, I think there's two elements that I love about that story. Number one is that collaboration to... Um, <laughs> 
to 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 do good. I am hoping we are hoping to get them on the podcast pretty soon. But I was at an event last week where um, there was a project there called the Felix Project, um, and um, they work to effectively a third of the food that that is in supermarkets and restaurants gets wasted. A third of the food gets wasted and they work to make sure that that gets distributed to people who need it this is exactly why we need a snack train car with a couple (laughs) of drivers you've got to bring it back to you russ haven't you (laughs) so are we are we having the snack train so that people can take from the snack train or is it for you i'm not adverse to people borrowing stuff (laughs) all right okay Borrowing stuff, that you mean they've got to give it back? Oh no, so taking stuff. So taking stuff, right? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, so what are you going to have on the snack train that people can pinch then? Well, we, it's like the little tables that you have going around, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like Harry Bow and jelly <laughs> beans and stuff like that. Bananas. Bananas. Yeah. We'll try um, not to run anybody over as we're going around, but a curly whirly. Jelly babies. Now, why does nobody? Oh, you know what? I know why they. You don't have a curly whirly as you're running around. Too chewy, isn't it? Oh yeah. Also, curly like, whirly. If, you, if you're sweaty and you're holding the curly whirly, and just you're stuck there, didn't you? You're stuck with the oh, curly whirly. Oh god. Oh, you like, got curly whirly ends or brown ends as you're running along. It's just oh it's no. the wrong thing. Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> 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 oh, God. What's the matter with you? I've got curly whirly eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, shall I do the. Shall I do, oh, no, sorry, the Phoenix project that I was talking about. Yeah. So, um, uh, Russell yeah. put me off with his snack drain. So, um, Phoenix project, their job effectively is to make sure that this. And unused uh, food, a third of un- like unused food goes to causes that need it. Um, and it came from a, a husband and wife uh, uh, team whose son died, and, and they wanted to build something. It was all about legacy for that son, and he was a he was a really kind boy. So they they built this thing. Um, uh, and the interesting thing for me is that none of it works without everybody getting involved. So you need the supermarkets involved, you need the restaurants involved, you need um, the charities who distribute the staff, food banks and, you know, sort of uh, uh, charities that took meals for the homeless. But also you need this big logistical job in the middle. And what they do is encourage people who work for businesses to give a day or a few days of their time, I think they do a lot of work with Canary Wolf Group, to drive the vans and shift st- stuff around and, and, and stuff That's like that. Idea. that. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. So we're, I'm really excited about uh, speaking to one of the founders of that over the next few weeks. I think we're trying to get that arranged now, but it's really, really good. We are. Um, but, but let's talk about um, another act of kindness in Fairham. Fairham's Boundary Oak School has been spreading random acts of kindness around towns in Hampshire. Pupils from Boundary Oak School Fairham have spent the last couple of weeks 
spreading random acts of kindness across towns in Hampshire as part of their Pay It Forward initiative. Pay It Forward is about spreading kindness to others and responding to acts of kindness by being kind to somebody else in return. Pay It Forward Day is on April the 28th. Inspired by Boundary Oaks Year One pupil, Isla Kura Karana, who spread kindness by offering free coffee and cake at a parent's business, Casemate Studios in Portsmouth, Several pupils followed in her footsteps. This included more than 15 students leaving chocolates, flowers and notes with kind words in several places across Hampshire, including at Paul Chester Castle, Bishop's Waltham's Doctor's Surgery and St John's the Baptist Church in Shedfield. Year six student and anti-bullying ambassador George Gasser purchased daffodils from a farm shop which, with his pocket money, which he then gave to the elderly community in Southampton. Kaliana Haynes-Wilmot in year six refused to let her family holidays stop her from spreading kindness while visit, visiting Legoland, and she left a trail note to kind words and toys across the site. Boundary Oaks headmistress Sophie Savage said, I firmly believe kindness is not simply something you do, but something you are. And for this reason, kindness has no boundaries nor limitations. A boundary oak, compassion and empathy are qualities key to our school community and integral to our school's aim to be happy and successful. The children not only understand the importance of being kind, but proactively look for ways to do more. And it is one of the many things that make that makes me so proud to be this school's head teacher. The students' random acts of kindness followed a donation of £5,798 by the school to the plethora of chosen charities, raised via a year-long series of fundraising events. The proceeds were donated to Boundary Oaks chosen charities, which were the World Wildlife Fund for Nature, Team Seas, and children's cancer charity Alice's Art. Donations have also gone to BBC Children in Need and Comet Relief. So, uh, I love the idea of teaching kids about kindness. I think it's really important. I think there's a tendency, and I think I've been through it, certainly, as you get older, to become more cynical about the world and think the world is a less kind place. Um, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping the younger generations continue. I think there's definitely a trend, a trend towards schools teaching kindness rather than... Well, it's interesting because at our book, the Kindness Project book launch, I realise I haven't plugged the book, book, book yet, right, so I better do that. At the Kindness Project book launch, um, we had a couple of teachers there, and yeah. they did share the book with their schools, um, which I think... Yeah, was a was a really good thing. I think encouraging conversations about how we can be, like I wrote in the book, just a little bit kinder. You know, not life changing. We're not expecting people to change the world with doing a good thing. You know, people have got busy lives with a lot of overlapping priorities, but just doing something for good every now and again, over and above what you're doing at the minute, is probably. Um, not only good for the individual involved, but also good for um, community at large. So I'm hoping more people do that. Um, and on that note, let's move on to uh, this week's interview. 
It's with Andy from St. Francis Hospice, part two of that interview. Um, and Andy is um, Andy's an old guest. Old guest? I don't know if I should call him an old guest. Andy, Andy's been a friend of the podcast for a long time um, and joined us to give us an update on St. Francis Hospice, talk about uh, what's going on in his world and his life and share uh, uh, some memories about being on the Kindness Project. During, during like 2022 has been that year where everybody's turned around and gone, I've been able to do that sort of stuff for the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm, I'm all right spending a bit more money on it, right? Yep. You know, that's, yep. The, yep. that's the re- reality. Yep. Talk to me about what's next. So we, oh. I mean, I love, I love the idea of the jumblance, by the way. Like, yeah. just, well, that's never been done before. That's never been done before. So, you know what? funny enough, I was in London yesterday for some work stuff, and um, I, uh, I text Cares and Soap and said, because I was at Covent Garden, and the trees are up. And London during Christmas time is magical. Now, Casey and I differ in our opinion of when Christmas actually starts. For me, it's the first <laughs> of December. For her, it's sometime in August. But um uh i love the feeling of like the festive period in london so that's going to be an amazing day but talk to me a little bit about what else is going on you know what chris right now i couldn't be any busier if i tried we have three things that are going on all at the same time and jumbulance is extra to that i didn't know about jumbulance but so the biggest things we've got right now is we run a Christmas Jumper Day campaign. We do that with businesses and schools. Now, you know my darling Sean, who works with me. Sean works with all of the schools in the catchment area, works incredibly hard. And we get all of the schools doing a Christmas Jumper Day. And even if those kiddies are doing 50 pence or a pound, it's something to patient care. And, And Sean explains it to them in a way without getting complicated about complex illnesses. He explains about people being poorly and what they're doing will raise money for a patient's meal. And they understand that. So we do it like that. So all the schools, all the schools that support us are doing the Christmas jump a day a lot of the businesses are doing christmas jump a day and i've got very very smart people going well i don't wear a christmas jumper and i say but you would for patient care wouldn't you right so i've got the christmas jump a day we've also got the mistletoe market which i think is the 27th of november it's a sunday don't quote me on that but we're working on that the mistletoe market that's taking place at the forest row center so we're off site for this one because we needed a slightly bigger venue this is some lovely stalls that are pitching up and again our christmas markets are infamous we've been doing them for years the community loved them so we've got jumper day we've got the mistletoe market and the big thing which if you'd been at Hornchurch plus yesterday i was talking about is the christmas tree recycling campaign help me understand how that works i'd love to I'd love to. People say to me, so how does the hospice make money from recycling? I go, no, that's not how we make the money. What happens is, is Mr. and Mrs. Dames go down to the local Christmas tree place and buy a real tree. And they bring it home. And when they bring it home, it's caged in a net. So the bristles aren't going everywhere. And you bring it home and you cut open the net. You open it. The tree opens in its splendor. And you have it up throughout December just past New Year's Eve, and then you yeah. think... No, no, August. Oh, August fair enough, down. fair enough. Cassie loves Christmas. Okay, so we'll, okay. We might, we might just keep it up all, 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 all the way through the year. Why not? Go for your life. Go for your life. But what generally happens is as we get past New Year, people go, right, okay, got to take the tree down now, and they think, oh, I really don't want the hassle of taking it to the dump. 
I really don't want the hassle of all of the all of the bristles from the tree all in the car. Oh, I don't want that. So what we do is we say, okay, I tell you what we'll do for a donation, we will come and collect your tree from your drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So people register their tree, Christopher. Right. What happens is, is we go out again. We have an army of businesses that provide vans, volunteers. We do it. It's a lot of graft, but it's a lot of fun. And and it's a win-win, isn't it? Because like, I don't want the hassle of taking that tree down to the dump or wherever it goes to be recycled. Yep. And the, and the hospice gets the benefits. donations they need benefits. to make sure they're okay. So what happens, Chris, is that we then go out and we do this in Havering and Brentwood, right? So what happens is is that we have drop spots. So we might use sharp skips over in Raynham, who are big supporters of the hospice, but they give us an area where we can, where the, the guys can come in and dump the trees. The public are not dumping the tree. We're doing it, right? Yeah. So we come in, we dump there. We used Draper's Academy last year. We had Shenfield Cricket Club last year. It's all, it's all organised, right? And you yeah. go, and then we've got companies like tree surgeons, chippers, and all that, all give their time, all give their machinery. Chris, have you ever seen how quick it takes to chip a Christmas tree? I bet it's quick, isn't it? Seconds. Yeah, Seconds. one of those proper machines. Seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got all these hundreds of trees, and they just go shum, 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 and it's all shit. I guess what happens is for those of those those guys who give their time and machinery, there has to be some benefit to them. What I understand is that those chippings can be sold to things like golf clubs and things like that. So that's their perk to doing it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. They're giving their time, their machinery. Fantastic. For us, we make the money from all the trees that get registered. Yeah, exactly. So people make a donate. And is there a typical minimum donation? What happens in terms of... Do you know what, Chris? You're going to get some people, because you're dealing with every age group, and, of course, you're dealing with the elderly as well. So you're yeah. going to get some people that will donate £5. Pounds, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. The way I see it, Chris, and you know me, I'm a very down-to-earth person. If an elderly person donates £5 pounds for us to take that tree away, that will pay for a patient's meal. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you very much sense. indeed. Yeah. But then you'll get people who are doing better and go, do you know what? There's a £25-pound donation. I mean, I mean, and I, I know we've spoken about this before, but it's, an, it's a relationship with you and the hospital you're trying to build, isn't it? And £5 might be one year, but it might be, well, actually, I'm going to do a fundraising thing next year. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. So like that, that relationship is probably like sort of worth to the hospital. It's a lot more... A lot more than that fibre, but it's important to start that somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, I would say if you're asking me on an average, I'd say the average is probably ten pound. That yeah, would be yeah. the average. But you're going to do some less, some more. Um, you'd get some people. In actual fact, you can't advertise it as a. It's a price. So some people actually register the tree and don't donate anything. Right. Right. That's you win some, you lose some. But yeah, yeah. But most people, do. most people do. And here's the thing, yeah. Chris. Like we've been doing this now before COVID again. I don't know what year this is now because the years pass me by. But where we raise money at it each year, the directors here keep raising the targets, Chris. So what happens is they go, right, okay, Christmas tree recycling 2021, 2022-23. Let's let's put that at thirty thousand pounds. Yes, let's let's do that. So <laughs> without having to actually do the work. No. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, me and Sean are often out till dark. Um, 
but I love every minute of it, Chris. Amazing, amazing. I love it. Talk to me about. So we we we've talked a lot about what's going on during the Bettersdeep period. What like, I'd imagine you're planning for next year already, right? Always, always. What's going on, what's always. Going on next year? So what always happens, Chris, is you've always got campaigns in fundraising. It's not all about luck. It's strategic. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take it back to the pandemic. We had a campaign that was called Step Up for St. Francis. When I, the only thing that people could do was walk yeah, because we were all yeah, locked yeah. down. Yeah. They calculated that a, a St. Francis hospice nurse on average does around 13,000 steps per shift. Right. So we were asking for the month of March, could our supporters do 13,000 steps a day? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we've done that for the last few years. So I would have thought that once recy- once Christmas tree recycling is done and dusted, we'll turn our attention to step up campaign. Then Go Orange will come in July, which is again it's businesses, it's schools. But then I suppose you've got the marathon in April again. Of course we you? have. Of course we yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. Do you know what? For us financially, Chris, the fact that we did one in October and it spun around quickly to 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 April. That's good fundraising for us. Yeah, amazing. Love it. Absolutely love it. If our uh, listeners, viewers want to sort of get involved, help the others, what's the best place to start? Easiest way, and it's all been updated recently, and it's a dream, is www.sfh.org.uk. Go and have a look on the website. There's every conceivable way that you can help from signing up as a volunteer to do something with us at weekends to play in the weekly lottery that supports the hospice to sponsoring one of our nurses that are out in the community and on the inpatient unit to joining my baby which is the hospice hundred which i've spoken to you about oh you know what we haven't talked about that on the podcast we haven't let's give that a quick plug a quick plug okay so the hospice hundred is that very easy to get involved my dream and what i'm going to do is i need to recruit 100 successful local businesses that can pledge to raise a minimum of a thousand pounds in a period of 12 months now that doesn't mean they've got to give a thousand pound in one go. They might do a fundraiser that raises two fifty, then another one that raises five hundred, and then do something else another two fifty. They pledge to do a thousand pounds in a period of twelve months. Chris, you're a financial planner. You're good at mathematics. If I can get a hundred businesses doing a thousand pounds a year, that's a hundred thousand pounds a year yeah. to help yeah. secure the future of St Francis Hospice. Yeah. That's my dream. That's my aim. I'm about 38, 39 businesses in. And my, that's I'm doing okay. Work. When yeah. I get to 100, I'm going for a long lay down. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and again, we've had this conversation before. If you can get those 100, commit every year. Yes, sir. I, and I know the budget for St. Francis is a lot more than 100k a year. It's, yes, it is. It's millions, but you can get people to commit 100k a year and turn around and go, well, look, that's probably going to last for 10 years. You'll have some businesses drop off and some come on. But yep, absolutely. that place is a great place to start the year in terms of knowing that income's coming in, right? But what I do believe, and I'm a firm believer in this, Chris, is that it's about partnerships. It's about yeah, building yeah. partnerships. And the Hospice 100 gives back. What it does is for those businesses that are going to partner with us, they receive an exclusive logo there's only going to be 100 businesses with this logo you can use that on your social media on your stationery, on your own websites okay what will also happen is every single one of those businesses that are pledging to raise money there is a hospice hundred page on our website it will have the logo 
of the company. So let's just say, for argument's sake, Cervelo were doing it, Chris. There'd be a logo for Cervelo, and then when you click on Cervelo's logo, it instantly takes you to your website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. what's happening is, <clears throat> you can trust me on this, our website's probably got a lot more traffic than yours, let's say, Chris, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is, our supporters are seeing what our supporters are doing. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's I, I really like that. It's, it's it's fantastic. It's working fantastically well. And are you pleased well. with the traction that's had so far? Yes, it, yes, I am. Do you know point? what? I knew it'd be tough. I knew it'd be tough. And I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deceive you, Chris. There are other charities that are doing this. It's nothing new. It's just something we needed to do here. I mean, Havens do it. Little Havens do it. They've got Havens Hundred. Um, we need to do it. And and from that, what I'm going to do again, pre-pandemic, we had our own. Uh, business alliance networking group here and that's died off because of the COVID weather what yeah, I'm going to do yeah. I'm going to start the business alliance again but with the hospice 100 businesses because they're warm supporters they're already pledging I'm going to bring them to the hospice we're going to have you know monthly meetings or two monthly meetings where businesses are meeting businesses and the common denominator is they're all supporters of the hospice yeah and and actually you all know you you know that they're all do well do good style businesses. Absolutely, million percent, million percent. Essentially, work together. And and um, someone like you, Chris, and I'd probably have you there as a speaker that day. Yeah. Because you're a big supporter of St Francis Hospice. You believe in what we do, and I would probably have you there as a speaker that day. Just a local man, a local business speaking to other local businesses. You do it all day, every day. It's your your bread and butter anyway. But. I'm not silly enough to think an intelligent man like you could be a big link in my chain. Amazing. Well, look, if anything, and again, you know we're committed because you're a good friend of mine, part one. I know the amazing work you do, and I love you to bits. Can I just tell you a quick story, right? Please do. So, so I, 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 I took my dad, I had my graduation last week, didn't I? Saw your pictures. Um, yeah, it was really good. And it's weird, right? So, so I took my dad. Um, uh, went to the graduation, took my dad, and uh, he said to me, we went out for dinner after my cousin came, and it was such a such a lovely afternoon. A uh, few too many gins, but uh, we can we can live with that every now and again. Um, but the interesting thing is, and this is one of the things I love about you. So if we're sharing compliments, let me let me share one with you. <laughs> The fact that you're so emotionally open means that every conversation we have is really feels really authentic to me. It's really good. But here's how that's changed in the generations, right? So I'm 45. You're a little bit older than me, aren't 55, you? 55. 55. So my dad's 74, right? And I said to eat. I mean, he made me like I was in tears because we were at dinner and he went, um, uh, you know what? Your granddad, my dad, would have loved seeing this today, and he wouldn't have believed um, uh, wouldn't have believed uh, that you would have owned your business and like sort of did all this sort of stuff. And I was like, that was it, Andy. I was like, oh god, it's like don't say that. <laughs> and I looked up and I went, and you know I love you, don't you? And he turned around and went, I feel the same way. <laughs> I was like. You are allowed. We are 2022 <laughs> now. You are allowed to say, uh, I love you. And he went, yeah, I do feel that. I was like, oh. Well, but, but you know what? And this is weird because I was having this conversation yesterday. I think in terms of having conversations about emotion and conversations about 
you know, uh, doing doing good and conversations about authenticity. We've moved on so much in that in that period. Of, I know he loves me. You know, I get that. But it's interesting how that's changed. And, and that's one of the things I've learned from you. The fact that you are so emotionally authentic is one of the things that uh, I absolutely I absolute respect. So thanks that's, for being my friend. That's such um, a nice thing to say, Chris. And do you know what? The day that I walked in to do the kindness project with you, we'd, we'd never met. We didn't know each and 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 what an incredible friendship that's been formed from from that from that and 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 all what you stand for and and how hard you and charlotte have worked over the years at doing it and now you're at the book stage and i just think wow that's a journey yeah it's been good fun it's been amazing fun so thank you for being part of it and continuing to be part of it i feel feel very privileged very privileged amazing ross how was that so that was the second part of the interview with Andy. Now we've got now. Are you too ill, Charlotte, to do joke of the week? Uh, <laughs> 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 the answer is yes, and yeah, that's it for I the kindness so. project. Yeah. Now, are you too ill to do joke of the week, or is Russell going to do it? Because oh. last week, let Russell, Russell do it. I've got no jokes for you today. I've got one, but... Go on. Give it a go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Nana. Nana who? Nana, your business. Right, I know you're real. I know you're real. But the phrase, low effort. Oh, no, you can't play it like that. She's ill. Leave the, her alone. The, the, the phrase, low effort, comes no, to No, no, Russ, don't worry about it. I expect this from him. Even the joke, none of your business. Even the joke... I, I found it quite amusing, Charlotte. I like it. And on that note, my friends, that's the end of another podcast. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you on the Kindness Project soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 